This episode of I Ride a Bike is supported in part by Allspeed, the official bike shop of the podcast. With convenient locations in Portland, Bethel, and Carabasset Valley, Maine, Allspeed is the local shop for everything bike. For more information and to check out their latest hot deals, please visit allspeed.com. Hi, I'm Seth Ballier, the host of I Ride a Bike, where each episode we follow one basic premise, to never grow old, one ride at a time, and the stories that follow. Take me back to the times when we would grab our bikes and ride the days into the night. Though our eyes would soon be open for the moment we were golden. Welcome to another episode of I Ride a Bike the Podcast. It's a uh, beautiful day here in Scarborough, Maine. We're mid-February recording this episode and it's uh, mid-50s outside right now, which if you are, are from New England, you know that it's just uh, playing with your emotions and it'll be winter again before it's actually spring. This might be one of those false spring days, but um, in any case, I'm uh, excited to be sitting down here with Jesse Abruzzi. We've uh, been uh, chatting back and forth and finally able to sit down, so welcome to the podcast, Jesse. Thanks, Seth. Super pumped to be here, man, and especially on this nice day. It's like for all those cold water swimmers, this is your February dip day yeah. right here. Take advantage of it. Absolutely is, for sure. Yeah, and uh, great name, too. My brother's name, so Jesse's uh, solid in my book, so I appreciate you know. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So um, you're, besides your, your day job, you're, you're a video editor, creative person, uh, much like myself. Um, the reason we connected is uh, you're the director of music and entertainment for the Portland Bike Party. Is that right? Correct. Sort of like the unofficial moniker that I've been bestowed. Sounds with. very official, though. I like yes, it. It, does. Yeah. it does. And from uh, what I've seen, unfortunately, you know, I'm embarrassed to say I haven't been on one of these rides for various reasons yet. It will be in the near future, but uh, have yet to be on one. But from what I've seen, they look like a damn fun time. Oh, it's it's epic, man. It's like the most fun you can have on the seat. I feel like it just totally typifies the community aspect of bike riding um, in the best way. Um, so yeah, we got to get you out there. It's my mission to get you out there this yeah, year. Yeah. It's, it's honestly been uh, almost every single time. I've maybe had one bad excuse. Like I just don't feel like leaving the house on a Friday kind of thing or something. But for the most part, it literally has been uh, trips up to Carabasset Valley or family parties and things like that. Like really again on the Friday bike party. But anyway, so yeah. <laughs> we'll get out there. Yeah, for sure. Um, so anyway, I'd like to start off with everybody and ask the uh, same uh, baseline question of why do you ride a bike? I think I'd probably answer this question differently based on the stage of life I was in. Mm -hmm. You know, like... Do you want to give us a couple for instances on that then maybe? <laughs> sure, sure. Um, when I was in Boston, it was maybe to learn the city. You know, biking is a great way to do that. Sure. It's, it's slow enough to where you can take in your surroundings, but fast enough where you know, you feel like you're getting somewhere. Um, at one point it was like for my mental health, you know, mm -hmm. and now I feel like with bike party, it's for the community and the fun. And just, I almost see it as like giving back to the bike community in a way, like it's an act of service. Um, but it's like feeds me so much joy. It's like a win-win Yeah, for yeah. sure. So I'd say right now it's like the community side of things. Yeah. Right on. And do you, 
obviously the, the Portland bike party is, you know, sort of the reason why we connected, but I assume you ride your bike more than just one Friday every month. Correct. Correct. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, it's funny last winter I was like, I need to keep riding through the winter. I need to keep doing this. So I joined a spin studio mm-hmm. and I hit that hard. I was doing like three nights a week and I was chasing RPMs and yeah, the data yeah. and want to be the top of the leaderboard. And dude, I got so burnt out. I was like, I'm done. I can't do this. So this year I traded my spin membership for bar mitts and net gaiters and all the gear and studded tires. Um, so this winter, yeah, I've been riding like a few times a week. Right. And I just love it. I'll ride around here a lot. I'll ride from like, you know, South Portland area near Willard to Higgins. That's a great ride. Mm-hmm. It's like the perfect distance for me. It's like 15, 16 miles. Yeah. And um, not very trafficked, in, especially in the winter. No. It's really great. No. You know? The only downside is those huge construction trucks like kick up the salt dust. Oh, yeah. And then you get in your mouth yeah. and it's just like, oh, man. Um, but otherwise, like, like a beautiful ride. thinking about it. Yeah, yeah so right. Gross. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, there must be like carcinogens happening here. Yeah, right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So uh, where did you grow up? Where are you from and uh, all that uh, jazz? Yeah, so I grew up far from here in uh, central Illinois, okay. about two and a half hours south of Chicago in farm country. Oh, right on, yeah. So wasn't a lot to do out there. Mm-hmm. Um, we had this this house on about 60 acres of land, and behind our property was Caterpillar Proving Grounds, the, the oh, construction really? equipment yeah, sure. company. Um, so for fun, we would sneak through the woods and watch them like testing all their new equipment. Oh, right like, on. A kid's yeah. dream, oh, yeah. right? Seriously, though. I mean, like Tonka trucks on like, you know, steroids or Full whatever. Full-size yeah. Tonka. Yeah. And so they had like a, a runoff pit as part of the facility, and we would go and like play in the mud pit. Like that was our barometer for fun. And uh, they had these guards on ATVs, so we'd get in the pit, and then the security guys would come, and we'd be like dinosaurs trying to get out of the tar pit. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, it was a great time. Really wholesome fun. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, Great but, scene in a movie. I can picture it. You know? yeah, yeah, right. Like a Steven Spielberg yeah, totally, movie. For sure. Yeah. But uh, one one big part of that was was biking, and it was like the best way to get around the country, ride over to the you know to the farm or to other barns, and see like you know riding events that were going on. See our friends down the road. Um, the most happening spot in our neighborhood was down by the railroad tracks. It was at the base of this hill and there was this family that lived there and there were these two sisters who were just like everybody, all the guys, we were all like fascinated with them. You <laughs> sure, know, it was like yeah. this old school thing. And um, so we would all get on our bikes and meet up down by the hill and hope that they would come out and talk and stuff. <laughs> totally. And I remember I when I had, I had a BMX bike and I got pegs for it. And so I was like, oh yeah, like I'm the, I'm the man now. So I rode down the hill and I got one of them to ride the pegs, you know, totally. hands on oh, my shoulders yeah. and I went up and down the road near the tracks. And I was like on top of the world, probably guess, my fondest bike memory. Totally. All, all your friends are just staring at you. Like things are in slow motion and <laughs> it's like just amazing, right? You're just grinning like a, like squints in a sandlot. I can totally yeah. picture that. Yeah. With know? the lifeguard. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a hundred percent that. Um, so that's probably my fondest early bike memory was just like riding down there with the, with the crew. And we would like, you know, put, you put the coins on the railroad tracks and the train comes through and sure. squishes them yep. and stuff. Um, so that's sort of how I came up. Um, so yeah. that's sort of how I came up in the, uh, into the biking 
insane. Right on. Do you now? So the. A little bit earlier than that, do you remember like actually getting your first bike or, or anything? No, man. No. I've had a lot of concussions in my day. Jesus, <laughs> oh, sorry. I don't mean to laugh at that. <laughs> no, but... no. no, it's fine. It's fine. I, I feel like I'm lucky that, um, I mean, I feel like I'm still myself. Like, how do you know <laughs> right. what you, the price you pay for those? Sure, right. Um, but I feel like I've been able to like get get a normal life going. But, um, but yeah, some stuff might've gotten fleshed out. <laughs> right. um, so that's definitely my earliest bike memory. I would say is like cruising around the, uh, the farms there in town. Right on. So you were on a BMX at that point, like about what age were you then you think? I was probably eight or nine years old. Yep. Yep. Perfect. Yeah. Such a, an amazing time in life, right? Especially with bikes and friends and country roads and everything. So yeah. Do you, uh, from, from the BMX, like, do you have Probably had that for several years, I would imagine. Did you do you remember ever transitioning into something with gears on it, like yeah. being able to go further, faster type of adventure style? Yeah. Once I got into high school, I ended up getting a mountain bike, um, and I had a friend that also had one, and so we would go on adventures together and get into all kinds of mischief. Um, my first major injury actually was. <laughs> Columbus Day, my sophomore year of high school, we had the day off, and there was like, uh, it was like one of those BMX pump tracks, mm -hmm. um, and he was like, dude, we got to hit this thing, so we brought our mountain bikes, and we thought we were going to be these like epic downhill, like, <laughs> you know, throwing up like huge jumps and stuff, and it was that situation where it's like, oh, the last run of the day, one more one run. One more run, just one more quick run, yeah. One more run. Oh, no. Never say that out loud. Never, yeah. <laughs> and so... We come off the drop in and it drops down. There's a tabletop and dirt or paved dirt. Okay. Yeah. And we drop in and he has an edge on me. So I start pedaling really hard and I hit the lip of that tabletop and I just get launched. So I come off the bike. I'm like super manning and I completely bypass the other side of the tabletop land on the flat my collarbone comes down on the crossbar of the bike oh. shattered so oh man <laughs> yeah it was it was brutal um so i'm sitting there and i'm like huh my like whole you know left side feels like numb what's going on and then like as the pain starts to come in i'm like oh this is not good yeah this is that initial up. shot you jump up you're like oh, i'm fine i think i'm fine i'm fine and then not so fine. Exactly. Yeah. And I was like, I remember sitting there and I was like starting to pass out. Mm. And so he was like pouring water on me to like keep me with it. And, uh, and for whatever reason, we decided not to do an ambulance, probably because we didn't want our parents to find out it was going to cost money. Right. Right. Sure. Yeah. So we hopped in his pickup and he drove me to the ER bumping along the oh, road you know with the totally. collarbone in pieces and it was just like the worst pain it was terrible oh man so you completely shattered then obviously you have to get everything sort of put back together months and months of uh not being able to do anything fun exactly yeah, yeah. which yeah. is like crushing for a kid yeah. right because like in your head those years are so valuable yeah. right yeah. like three months is a lifetime you yeah know? yeah for sure a hundred percent did you at least get to keep x-rays of the collarbone incident because <laughs> that's one of the things i even though i've only ever I mean, I'm not wishing injury upon myself, knock on wood, um, but I've only ever broken my ankle. I never got to see the x-ray of it. I've always been one of those, I was always one of those kids that was like, oh, I want to have like an x-ray of my injury or something like that. So no, no, you didn't get to keep it or 
that's actually such a great idea, like framing your major injuries. Yeah. Like that's really cool. And I wish I had, had done that. But, but see, don't wish it upon yourself now because <laughs> no. at, at this yeah. age, it's, it's totally different. So. Yes, yes, yeah. for sure. Yeah. But for whatever reason, that friend and I got into a lot of trouble with bikes. Mm-hmm. There's one, there one other time. What's your friend's name? Charlie. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Charlie. And he's, he actually just got shipped out. He flies helicopters in the army, just got shipped out for a tour for a year. So Godspeed to him. Hope it goes well. Hope he comes back. He's got a beautiful family, but there's another time in later. There's another time later in high school where we were going to visit his grandmother, Wisconsin, and we were going up to Kettle Moraine state forest. Um, just beautiful forest up there. And, uh, we were driving up. I think we were in his Subaru WRX, yeah. which at the time it was like the bee's knees, yeah. that car, right? I still love that car, but yeah. Such a sick car. I unfortunately sold mine and got an Outback, but it's okay. okay. You're still in the family. Uh, uh, yeah. My, my wife was like, you're not, you're not a, I don't know what she said. You're not a kid anymore. Basically alluding to the fact that I shouldn't have a, a bright blue hatchback with a turbo. Oh, come on. <laughs> so, <laughs> You'll get a turbo I eventually. I cry about it. I cry about it. My, my outback has a turbo, but it's not the same. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Wax poetic about my WRX days. But anyway. Seth looking out the window longingly <laughs> like, too. Oh, I can almost see it sitting out there still. But <laughs> So anyway, we, we had the access to the ride. And we got a bike rack, threw the two mountain bikes on, and we we're probably halfway there. And at this point in our lives, we were really, I think we'd seen the Fast and the Furious, <laughs> and we were like plugged into that scene that we had like a small car crew. And I don't want to get talking about cars, but just this just helps with the story. Um, and so we we're cruising up there on the highway, and these girls pulled up next to us, and they were in like an eclipse. <laughs> and... Uh, they gave the signal like let's go right. and so at that moment like we it became a one-track mind we forgot about the bikes on the bike rack hits the gas we're doing like 95 100 and uh i look in the rearview mirror and i see headlights swerving all the cars behind us are all over the place i'm like what the hell and i look closer and our bikes are bouncing down the highway parts are flying off and so our first stop we had to pull over walk back get the bikes and you put like this mangled piece of metal back on the bike rack and we had our first stop was at the bike shop and we had like punt an entire day just getting our bikes fixed it was a disaster it was so you were able to actually salvage them get them back rideable again shockingly wow that's amazing yeah that bike shop i don't even remember the bike shop but if you guys are listening props to you (laughs) you are guardian angels for getting our bikes going again on a short notice so it probably was a, a, a big plus that you weren't riding like uh, all carbon fiber with uh, wireless everything because you would have <laughs> oh not been able to put it back together, right? It would have just exploded on the highway. And Oh, yeah. And then the financial. Oh, jeez, oh, right? <laughs> yeah, that would have been lucky Lucky that we had like shitty mountain bikes at <laughs> right, the time. Right. Yeah, the, the, the upside of having shitty bikes. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. If you, if you break them, they're usually easier to fix. And if you can't fix them, then... Well, they're shitty bikes to begin with, so. Totally. Yeah, there's a few upsides to having shitty bikes, like living in the city, you oh, for know? For sure, like, yeah. yeah. With bike theft. I remember for so long, I wanted a full suspension bike. Finally moved to Boston, and I'm like, I'm an adult. <laughs> Treat myself to a full suspension bike. And I probably had it for two months. I kept it locked up. 
I've had in the back of the building and somebody in the neighborhood or somebody must have tracked me through town, saw me lock it up back there and one day just came and actually took the piece of uh, railing that it was attached to and stole the thing. And I was like so crushed. It was a specialized, full suspension, gorgeous bike. And uh, I was like, never again. Yeah. Yeah. So um, back to that that trip, is that how it basically ended? uh, You pieced the bikes back together. Did you get any good rides out of it? Thankful that you had bikes you could actually put back together though? We did. We did. We got some amazing riding. And it was one of those situations too, like... I think we like accidentally rode 60 miles because we got lost, <laughs> you know, which, which happens sometimes. It does, yeah, yeah. Um, but just riding through the woods there, it was just like so amazing. And uh, Lake Geneva's in that area too, just like a beautiful, a beautiful spot. Yep. Um, Wisconsin had like their, I don't know if it was like a corn carnival or something, but like, they had all these vendors out and treats. And so I'm sure some of you from Wisconsin is like cringing right now that I'm getting this wrong. But like you could just eat all this corn stuff and it was amazing. It was it was an awesome time. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, you're eating corn stuff in the middle of, uh, well, is Wisconsin corn country? I mean, I guess yeah. so. I mean, I, I guess basically anywhere sort of Midwest-ish is corn country. So Totally. I mean, I grew up in upstate New York and we, it was cornfields everywhere. But I think a lot of that was mostly for the dairy cattle as yeah. food so totally slightly different but yep. we didn't we didn't have uh i guess we didn't have corn parties, <laughs> corn parties. <laughs> yeah whatever it's just wisconsin thing yeah right um and we where i grew up too it was there was corn alfalfa soybeans mm-hmm. and uh the nearest cornfield actually was like a mile away it wasn't that close but uh tornado country too oh really yeah yeah wow yeah what, what, did you actually have any uh, tornadoes uh, in close proximity to you at, at any time when you were a kid? It was like one of the things ever since I saw, I guess, Wizard of Oz, every single person who's ever seen that as a kid probably has been scared of tornadoes ever since then. So, you know, did you ever have that an experience like that? We had a few, yeah. When we, really early on when I was growing up, we had a situation where there's a tornado like, you know, half mile away. And you hear the sirens go off. We all ran down in the basement. Um, And then sort of on the back end when it was right before I went off to college, I think my parents were selling the house. There was a tornado that it was crazy, man. Tornadoes are such strange Mm -hmm. things. I almost want to call it a creature, right? Yeah, 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 that's a great way to anthropomorphize it. It was like, I think, so there was a tornado warning and I was like, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to go hang out with Charlie or something, get mm-hmm. into trouble. And I start driving and I look in the rear view mirror and I see the funnel cloud coming down like right over our house. And it was, you know, you hear stories about like, you know, the ancient Egyptians and native Americans talking about like how powerful nature is and mm-hmm. how it's this entity. And that's how it felt for me. I was like, this is like the hand of God coming mm. down. It was just otherworldly, like the clouds spinning like that so fast and just, you've never seen anything like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And um, so it kind of hu- stayed in that funnel cloud form over our house. So it was kind of like, it like ripped off the little, you know, wind vane, mm-hmm. blew all the screens out. Um, but then it touched down at our neighbor's house completely demolished it like picked up the roof 
and dropped it. No way. Wow. And like so, literally like next door, like just down the road from you kind of thing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then it like, it like moved all of our furniture, outdoor furniture, like picked it up and put it on the other side of the fence. Um, still upright, just like strange, weird. Yeah, yeah. very weird stuff, but it deposited a bunch of corn all around <laughs> our house. <laughs> the corn rain. Yeah. Right. The corn rain. Yeah. <laughs> it's raining corn. Yeah. <laughs> wow. No kidding. But yeah, I yeah. think, if I do make a movie about this period, as I am a filmmaker, um, I will have a scene where I'm like run, biking from a tornado at some point. Yeah, right um, on. Just yeah. to, you know, get it all in one in one shot. For sure, for sure. <laughs> wow. Yeah, we um, we had uh, nothing like that really around us growing up. I guess we just, apparently it was a tornado kind of close to us, but it's always one of those things. You hear about it as a kid, but yeah, I could imagine. I've seen, of course, the millions of videos out there, these incredible things happening but never in person so not that i really wish it upon myself as long as i'm from a safe viewing distance but every time i'm you know driving across the midwest and that's looking really scary on the horizon i'm always saying to myself wait what are you supposed to do in a tornado when you see one coming around the middle of a highway and not no place to shelter i'm like all right well <laughs> drive fast the other way i guess so <laughs> yeah yeah it's really strange what happens to like the sky turns like green yeah. and it can get really still and it's just eerie it's yep. weird it's you're totally right it's like a creature it's like a stephen king yep thing yeah, yep yeah a lot of a lot of uh, nightmare fuel there for sure <laughs> totally yeah. totally all right, so enough enough of the tornado talk for now. Um, so this is what like your sort of your end of your high school years then. Correct. Um, so you know later in your teenage years, as you got your driver's license, did you like much like other people take a break from riding bikes? I did. Yeah, I sort of like I said before, I got into cars in a in a small way, and then went off to college and I had my bike to go around campus, but I didn't really bike for the pure enjoyment of it. You still had one though. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I still used to explore. I was at university of Vermont. So Burlington's a great town for biking. They have this awesome bike path that goes like miles and miles. You can go out to islands on this thing. Um, but I didn't do as much biking there for whatever reason. I think I was like focused on my studies and good for you. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's. I, 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 yeah, yeah, me too. Totally. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> the truth comes out. Hey, I graduated. I graduated on time. Look was, at him now, though. Yeah, look at me now. I have a, a podcast that hundreds of people listen to, so it's great. <laughs> hundreds. Yeah. Not all at once, but you know. Anyway, sorry, but. Uh, so you're in Burlington. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was in Burlington, not biking too much. So I graduated from UVM and had family in Boston. So I was like, okay, nice. Like there's jobs in Boston. This is a great place for me to settle. And I ended up taking on an internship at a production company. Um, for those production people, I was a PA. Um, I was sort of running around on commercial sets doing whatever people wanted me to do. You're sort of the lowest rung on the on the pole there. Yeah. Um, and wasn't biking too much. And I studied sculpture in college, studio art major. And so I was in like conference rooms, you know, helping out with like pitches, doing re research and then like working on set. But I was like, this is so corporate, like screw this. You yeah, know, I'm yeah. an artist. I was so idealistic uh, to a fault. And so I was like, I'm out of here. So I ended up Googling wood sculpture apprenticeship and found this guy out in Carson City, Nevada, oh, yeah. who was doing an old school style apprenticeship. Like you live with him, 
you're in the studio really? every day. Yeah. yeah, and and for whatever reason, I guess I was I'm an adult now, but like my parents were like, yeah, go for it. Like it's all good. Um, so thanks to them for like letting me take a step, yeah. you know, in one direction. That's really cool, though. Do you remember what brought that on? I mean, obviously, like. The I don't want to be in a conference room, corporate, whatever. I'm an artist. I need to do this thing. But do you, was there somebody who out, you'd heard of an apprenticeship type of thing before or something that guided you in that direction? Or was it literally just like a late night thought? And you're like, I'm just going to Google this. That's part of it, I think, yeah, is like yeah. the impulse. But when I was studying at UVM, I really felt at home in the wood shop. Mm-hmm. Just like this, it, the smell and the grain and everything. It, it felt like my medium. Yeah. So it was always there in the back of my head. And then when I was like, you know what, I've been a PA for this whole summer. Um, I want to try something else. Um, it seemed like a good transition and, and I sort of had a safety net. So I had the privilege of being like, you know what, I'm going to check out and try it out this other opportunity. Yeah, that's really cool. Was it a thing you had to apply for or was it, I mean, obviously you had to apply for it, but was it like he was taking a pool of people that are all applying for this apprenticeship and he picked you or, you know, was it an interview process? I'm really curious about this because it's, it's, you know, being a, a graphic designer, I always say that, um, and I kind of alluded to it before, but my college years, I, I didn't exactly excel at um, studying. I excelled at um, just having fun and graduating on time. But I always said that I was always wanted to um, take on some sort of apprenticeship where I could learn from some master or whatever. Um, was, the, was the experience basically what you expected it to be? <laughs> <laughs> it was really... I don't know if I had too many expectations going into yeah. it. I I don't know if there were any other people in this pool trying to to work. That's a weird question. We might be able to just cut this right out anyway. So yeah, you know, yeah. Let's yeah. just let we just cut that out. I mean, because it's this tangent off of bikes altogether. Yeah, because so. this isn't talking so much about bikes. But I could like. Did you ride bikes while you're out there though and stuff? So while I was doing the apprenticeship, I didn't necessarily ride bikes. I just, I drove out there yeah. with my Subaru okay, and yeah. that was it. Yeah. And we were in the studio every day. I think I had Wednesdays off Okay. Yeah. and that's when I would like go snowboarding okay. and stuff. But one thing that really inspired me from that time was the artist I worked for. His name was Timeless. It was his <laughs> Burning Man name. Right um, he was really being the Burning Man. And unfortunately, the year before... I joined up with him. They someone had accidentally burned his sculpture at Burning Man, thinking it was something to be burned because it was a wood carving, and so they like arsoned his work, um, which is could be crushing, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so he was like, "Screw that! I'm not going back there for a while." Kind of like taking a break from it. Um, but we still went to the Burning Man decompressions, right? Like the regional parties to kind of keep the vibe going. Mm-hmm. And I remember we went to the Reno one, and we pull up, we have this huge wood carved contemporized version of the Statue of Liberty. It's like faceless, it's every man kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, we pull up with this big trailer and all these other vehicles are coming up, like these mutant vehicles, right? And this one box truck pulls up. It's just this black box. And all of a sudden it starts to unfold like a transformer mm-hmm. and like a dance floor pops up and a turret with a fire cannon pops out (laughs) and people start to assemble in the music and i was like oh my god i'd never been exposed to this you know um and it just blew my mind and so that later came into my life when i moved back to boston because i started getting involved with boston bike party 
And I was like, how do we think bigger? How do we push this? How do we get really creative and get funky with it? Right on, yeah. So if anything really came out of uh, this uh, apprenticeship out there, it's it's everything you've done since then in regards to bike party and uh, the music aspect, the entertainment aspect, and then, of course, riding bikes more. 100%. Yeah, right on. For sure. All right, well, that's a solid spot to take a quick uh, commercial break here. I'm going to refill my coffee. It's only uh, 10.30 in the morning, so I'm allowed to have more coffee. Um, And uh, we'll be right back after these messages. Born to fly. Hoppy's new aerodynamic bicycle is here. Aerowind. With an aerodynamic frame and aerodynamic alloy components. Designed so now you can cut through the air. The Hoppy Aerowind. Ride it and fly. Hoppy, the ultimate riding experience. Available at Toys R Us. Finally, the days of having dirt back under the tires is upon us. Well, maybe some mud and a few sketchy potholes, but it's spring and I for one am stoked. And to get you ready for another great season, all you have to do is stop by All Speed's amazing new flagship store, conveniently located right off the Portland Trail System at 936 Brighton Avenue. In addition to a full range of bikes and accessories for riders of all levels, the super friendly staff at All Speed is ready to help with everything from your basic spring tune-up to a full custom build. And be sure to keep an eye out for a season of fun events, parties, and shenanigans. With convenient locations in Portland, Carabasset Valley, and Bethel, Maine, All Speed is the local shop for everything bike. For more information and to check out their latest hot deals, please visit allspeed.com. All Speed, the official bike shop of the podcast. And welcome back to the podcast. I'm sitting here with Jesse Abruzzi. Um, actually, would you mind uh, saying your name correctly? Because I was just going to butcher it a million times. You told me not to do that. Just what's? How do you actually say your last name, please? Sure, sure. We say Abruzzese. Which, you know, I could probably do, but I don't want to embarrass myself. So thank you for that. <laughs> anyway, so back um, where we left off, you had just um, moved back from uh, out west. You're in Carson, you said, Nevada, and uh, moved back to Boston area and um, in- was introduced to your first uh, bike party. And uh, where did that take you? Yeah. So I was living in JP and riding around with a friend, and we saw this guy doing a wheelie. And I'd seen him before and I was like, this is, we got to talk to this guy. And luckily my friend was really outgoing. So he went up to him um, and he was like, what's going on? And the guy was like, Hey, what's up? Um, Introduced himself. His name's Don Rick. Shout out to Don Rick. I hope you listen to this buddy, (laughs) but he's like the wheelie guy of Jamaica plane. Mm -hmm. I'm sure any person from Jamaica plane has seen him around. And so we start talking to him and he's like, have you heard of Boston bike party? And we were like, no. So he convinced us to come out and immediately I was hooked. This was what I was looking for. You have the group rides, you have the dance party, it's social, people are having fun, some people are, you know, people are partying, I will say. Yeah, sure. And so 
I wanted to double down. Mm -hmm. So I started researching like getting a trailer, getting a big speaker and doing all that. in. Yeah, yeah, all in. Yeah. So I ended up getting a sound box. Have you ever heard of any bike parties before this wheelie master told you about it at all? I mean, it completely was brand new to you at that point. Totally new. Okay, okay. Never heard yeah. of it. So you're super stoked. Doubling yeah. down. Sorry. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> and I wish I had known about this concept because I think it would have been so much fun in college. You know, like a college bike party mm -hmm. scene would have been great. Um, but I was like, yeah, I'm all in on this. And so I was sort of thinking like, like Burning Man, how do I bring some spice to this? And so I think it was Halloween one year. The Halloween ride's always the biggest ride, right? Yep, right. And I think we had like 600 people show up. Amazing, yeah. And I rented a CO2 cannon and went to like a welding gas supply shop and got a tank of CO2, put in a backpack, and I rigged this whole thing up so I could like spray it from my arm and... Uh, it was a hit. It was the craziest thing. It's like a 20 foot plume of CO2 smoke okay, coming yeah, out yeah. of my arm. Yeah. And, uh, it was like the coolest. And I was like, this is insane. <laughs> and I felt like a celebrity and everybody loved it. And I remember scaring people with it too. Cause you don't expect. Totally. For sure. You know? Sure. Did you try to use it as a propellant to uh, push you down the road on your bike at all? Yeah. Yeah. So I like pointed my arm backwards and like pulled it and yeah, it had, it had, it was more the effect. Sure, right, right. The, yeah, yeah. yeah. It looked more dramatic than the actual effect, but yeah. Totally, yeah. totally. Um, so that was a lot of fun. So you obviously you were you dove in uh, both feet, all wheels on the ground uh, with with the with the uh, Boston bike party um, with the CO two thing. Did you continue on with that? Did you go to a lot of the bike party or all of them, or how did that all work out for you? Yeah, we went to every ride. We did was it once a month, just like yeah, yeah. yeah. And they don't ride through the winter though, like Portland Bike Party does, which I respect. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so we went to every ride. I didn't get involved with the organization so much. It was more just like bring the speaker, blast my tunes, you know, for better, for worse, right. for other people. Um, Non-committal participant commitment to yourself only really yeah, gotcha. exactly yeah, yeah. more of like a me versus we mentality. Yeah. Um, and so when the pandemic hit bike party kind of slowed down. They pumped the brakes, sure. you know, which is totally understandable. So my girlfriend and I were like, well, Boston's kind of shutting down now for this and we're spending, you know, X amount of money on Boston rent. What if we did something else? So we decided to take all the money we would have spent on rent and get an old camper and travel around the U S right on. Yeah. And so Jealous already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that it had its ups and downs for sure. Um, you're living fast, taking I mean, chances. It's not all romantic and awesome, everything when you, <laughs> when you just buy a camper and take off, but but everything I've seen on Instagram says it is. <laughs> yeah, because Instagram is reality. Right. So initially, we decided to take the bikes with us because it seemed like the best way to get around campgrounds. Mm -hmm. um, but it ended up being one of the best decisions we ever made for the entire trip. How so? So there are a few places during our trip where I had spiritual experiences on my bike. One of them was in Zion in Utah. Mm -hmm. Getting a campsite at Zion is like its own affair. Right. Um, and then since they limit car traffic inside the park, you have to get a shuttle ticket and our first day camping there, we were talking to one of our neighbors and he was like, oh yeah, I'm a software developer from San Francisco and I have friends that write 
programs to get them tickets overnight. So like that's what you're up against is like algorithms that are like harvesting tickets to, to get the in. shuttle really to get campsites what? too. <laughs> and I was like, this never is heard crazy. of such a thing anyway. Absurd. Wow. Yeah. And so having our bikes allowed us to bypass that system altogether. So the shuttle shuts down. I think it's around six o'clock, and then like nobody's really in the park. So every night after the shuttle shut down. I would ride through the canyon and it was the first night I did this and the sun was setting and I remember seeing the orange light on the cliff faces and it was like a teary eyed moment. Mm, yeah. And I was like, this is why I ride for, you know, the nature and for the, and just feeling small, but feeling part of something big. It was just everything all in one. Yeah. And I remember coming home from that ride and I came to Christina, my girlfriend at the time, she's not my fiance. And I was like, it was so amazing. I tried to like describe it to her. And she's like, you know, when you try to <laughs> tell it like an amazing dream or amazing experience or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I was just like glowing with this experience. She's like, oh, great. You went for another bike ride. <laughs> right, right. Smiling, nodding. And yeah, totally, totally. Um, and I remember during that ride, I was like, if this was the last experience I had on this trip, it will all have been worth it. Yeah. It wow. was like that. Thankfully, it wasn't, though. <laughs> <laughs> it was. I did get run over by the shuttle. Yeah, right. Now, we're, back to the real question, uh, real quick question on that is, uh, so you're allowed to stay in the park and ride your bikes around and stuff at, like, at night? There's no like curfew in the park and stuff on such things? Or is it... So this was around dusk. I can't say, you know, at nighttime if they'll shut you down, but uh, right. certainly there aren't enough barriers to stop sure, you. Sure, right, right, okay. Anyway, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this amazing experience. Uh, Christina, you said? Yes. So, so she's uh, semi-entertained by your recounting of your experience. And, yes. And then what, what follows this? So we go on this whole trip. It's about a year on the road. Oh, wow. And, That's a significant um, trip then. Yeah, okay. Yep, yep. And towards the end of the trip, we are out west, you know, Idaho, Lake Tahoe. It's really hot. Forest fires are a thing. Mm -hmm. And I remember I left the bikes ratchet strapped to the back of the trailer for too long. And all four of the wheels on both of our bikes tacoed. Really? Because they were just wow. cinched down so tight. Yeah. And I was so angry with myself, man. Um, so I remember we got to Portland, Oregon, and I was at the campsite with the wheels, just banging them on the ground, trying to like untaco those wheels. And I got my bike to be rideable again, although the front wheel was like, yeah. <laughs> just like wobbly. Um, Christina's bike was compromised. Um, um, oh, what a bummer though. I yeah, mean, it was such so a So at that point you weren't gonna go out and like buy four new wheels and everything and yeah. you know, deal with it all. And that's when we began going, heading back home and so we started the trip back and it was kind of like we expedited it. So it wasn't like, you know, sticking around a national park for a few days. We were just cannonball running yeah. to get home. Yeah. So we weren't going to be doing too much biking anyway. Was it, was it the actual, that experience? I mean, the, the heat, the fires, all that stuff. But was it the, with the straw that broke the camel's back, the, the tire thing, the wheels going? And then just like, I, I'm done. Let's get back. Kind of there thing. was more to it than that. Okay. It was, um, <laughs> we don't need yeah. to dig too deep if you don't want to go we don't there. Have to, I'll just give a, one high level comment on this being on the road 
in a small space with one person like that is very hard. Yeah, sure. And you see the toll it takes on people with what happened with Gabby Petito and that whole thing. Um, super unfortunate. And so Christina and I, we had a, like a mental breakdown and we actually had to take a break and Mm -hmm. take some time after this trip. Um, so it was more, our mental health deteriorated. Sure. And I think a huge part of that. And one of the reasons why I ended up seeking out a bike party in Portland was, I realized how important community was in my life and the reason why I couldn't deal on the road because I didn't have access to that friends, family. Um, I was void of that. Sure. As somebody who still romanticizes the idea of getting into a, a camper with my wife and our bikes and our dog and taking off, did it ever occur to you ahead of time that you might have difficulties with it being just the two of you in a, in a van for a year? Not really. Yeah. We were pretty idealistic about it. Sure. My my aunt actually props to her. I think I had a phone call with her <laughs> before we went, and she was like, be careful not to prioritize experiences over relationships. Mm-hmm. And that was really good. Obviously, like you don't want to blanket that across your entire life. Sure. Um, but that was a really good point. Mm-hmm. Right, so now that you've uh, sort of realized that you're going to cannonball run back across the uh, country, maybe sort of... Uh, you know, assess everything and figure things out. What actually brought you to Maine instead of going back to, uh, to Boston? So while we were on the trip, we'd started considering places to settle down and, you know, Burlington, Vermont was on the list. Portland, Maine was on the list. I have family in Maine. And so we initially took some time off. Christina was in Massachusetts. I was in Maine and, we got back together, we reconciled, and we, we realized like what was missing was these pieces that we need for our social life. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you gotta come to Maine. Like Life's great up here, there's no traffic. It's, it's not like Massachusetts. It's called know? vacation land. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, it's on the sign. Yeah. Um, so I convinced Christina to move up here. I'm so glad she did. Thanks for taking a chance on this, Christina. I love you so much. <laughs> Sorry, everybody else for the shout out. Yeah. Um, oh, the week of as Valentine's was two days ago. Too, yeah, so there see, you go. Love is still in the air. Right <laughs> it's fresh. Yeah. So she gave up her whole life in Massachusetts, came up here, and we love it. But one thing I knew when we settled down was I need to find community, and I need to find it now. So I was I put my my feelers out, and I was like, "Where is this?" And Randomly, I was on Instagram and I saw a post by Portland Bike Party that was like, hey, we're looking for somebody who might want to be part of the organization as far as like creating music, as far as making playlists Mm -hmm. and bringing a speaker and contributing in this way. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is perfect. I was all over that. Yeah. Responded. your name all over it, basically. Totally, totally. And so I think it was November of that year, I went to my first ride and it was weird. I like showed up with my speaker trailer that I had. Mm -hmm. And so I was like the loudest one there, but I was also like, I don't know anyone, you know? So it was kind of this interesting thing. Was this the same speaker trailer from Boston, from the Boston experience? So this was, it was a little bit modified. This was, um, this was, this was a different trailer that I ended up purchasing. Once I realized that, I could make this happen in Portland. Right. I was like, oh man, I You're need to reinvest. And so I show up and everybody's so nice. I remember we like started at Deering Oaks and did a nice ride. And the people that started Portland Bike Party are just so kind and so welcoming. And um, I started communicating with Emma and Ian and they were part of the group that initially started it in April of that year. Mm-hmm. 
And so from that point on, they were like, you can be the music man and start building these playlists and like curating this experience and doing the speaker and everything. And so I think I've been to every bike party since some have been canceled due to weather. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it's like that calendar it's circled, checked everything. And like, I build my life around those ride dates. That's the must have part of the month. So everything else has to fit around that. Totally. It's such a smart way to do things. You know, I, I was thinking about this recently, how I've, I've actually gotten much more diligent about my daily or weekly rides. And, um, it, I used to have all sorts of excuses like, uh, you know, whatever, I've got some work I got to do today or whatever it was. But now that I've basically set my schedule that the first thing I put down is ride my bike from 11 to one o'clock today during my lunch break or whatever. Um, it happens. All you have to do is prioritize it. So anyway, similar experience. I'm, I'm kind of guessing, but totally <laughs> but like way more party than, uh, <laughs> yeah, than a, a lunch r- crushing ride. So. <laughs> yeah, for but. sure. For sure. Um, so since I was all in and I haven't necessarily been doing as much video work for myself lately as a creative outlet, bike party has kind of been my creative endeavor for myself that I've been exploring over the last few years. So I started with the one speaker and then that evolved into a subwoofer and another speaker. So now I have a speaker stack and then I needed a bigger bike to haul that. And then I needed to electrify that bike. And then I was like, Oh, this bike would be cooler if it was a dragon. So now it's a techno dragon. Totally. And so now it's just snowballing and becoming this thing. And now I just ordered a CO2 cannon for myself. And so that's <laughs> nice. going to be the dragon's breath. That's kind of the vision behind it. Sure. I still need yeah, to build it. Awesome. Yeah. It's going to be sick, man. Pulling I, all this inspiration from Mad Max. I, it sounds yeah, like a little, a little bit, Mad yeah. Maxy, yeah. a little yeah. burning man, yeah. all coming into the melting pot here. Yeah. So big plans for this summer. You know, you, you throw a lot out there and some of the darts hit, mm-hmm. but you just got to like try, Yeah, you know? Yeah. It's a good attitude to have on that for sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so this will be coming out sometime in uh, late March, early April. So um, it'll be prime time, but pe- people really probably start joining up. About how many people typically join you on rides? I guess summer versus winter, is that a big difference, I would imagine? Totally. Yeah. The, the weather is a huge indicator of turnout. Sure. You know, we'll have times where it's just three people. And then the Halloween ride, we had, I think, 265. Wow, amazing. Which, yeah, that yeah. was our biggest bike party we've done. I've seen the videos of it. It looked, it looked amazing. Yeah. You know, it looked like a lot of fun, for sure. How, how um, have you, how's your experience been in regards to um, non-bike party goers, like pedestrians and cars and traffic and things like that when there's 200 and something people riding, you know, lit up bikes down the road? So surprisingly people are very cool with it Mm -hmm. and super supportive and like honk their horns like crazy and, uh, and yell and clap. And there's actually this thing that happens to people as bike party rolls past and we call it like the three phases or something like that. The three, these three things happen. So first they hear us coming Mm -hmm. and they kind of like look off into the ether to see what that is. And then second, they like see what we are and it's just like pure joy and then third, they like engage with us. So it's like dancing or clapping. Right on, and yeah, that's, that's what brings you so, so much cool. joy is that 
those three phases of transition that you see happen to somebody with a span of like three seconds. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right? totally. Yeah. There's, there was a time where <laughs> we rode by, we are in this neighborhood, and a man just walked out of his house clapping mm-hmm. straight away, just like that. <laughs> just looked out his window and was like, I have to join this party. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, close encounters of the third kind. Right. You know, just yeah. like, so... Just seeing the joy that it brings to the community, not even the people riding, is part of the fun. Mm-hmm. Um, Have you ever seen anybody literally just all of a sudden be inspired to like grab their bike off their porch when you're driving by and be like, I don't know what this place is, but I'm going with them? A hundred percent. We yeah. call those drop-ins. Yeah, right on. And there was a, the, my favorite one from last year was we started at Payson Park, and there was a baseball game that was wrapping up, and one of the kids... He had his baseball uniform on. He called his parents and was like, Mom, Dad, there's a bike gang here. <laughs> <laughs> Which for, to them might be a completely different uh, visualization. but <laughs> Right? Yeah. And so the fact that they were like cool with him doing it right. blew my mind. I was like, my parents never would have let that fly. But they were like encouraged him to do it. And he rode with us. We rode to the East End Beach. And he was having a grand old time. It was so cool just to see like the enjoyment. Yeah. Um, and like the random people that we pick up along the way. Like whenever we pass another biker going the other way, we're like, come on, join us. You know, like imagine commuting home and seeing a hundred people riding. Sure. Yeah. Right? Like you got it. You got to smile. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. For sure. No matter what kind of day you're having. Yeah. Totally. Totally. There are some sour pusses that sure. we. I don't know if sourpuss. Is sourpuss okay to say? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's, the, that's actually probably a good word for the, what, I'm, what I'm guessing you're going with this. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the funniest one I heard was Ben told this to me. He was sort of at the back of the ride. I think it was the caboose. And he said that one guy pulled up in his car, rolled down his window, and he was like, what is this, the loser parade? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sourpuss is the perfect <laughs> word for the, what that person is. <laughs> totally. What is this a loser parade? Wow. I was like, wow. And he was just like, I was just, I think Ben was just shocked. So it's like, first off, <laughs> what do you sure, say to like, that? What do you, but that's such a lame, <laughs> lame like, how diss. How long was he thinking about <laughs> yeah. that? Um, what am I going to say? 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 Uh, loser parade. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> what a zinger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's amazing. <laughs> I think, and the only other time, the the cops have given us gentle suggestions. They never like stopped us, but mm-hmm. they're like, try to stay in the right lane, you mm-hmm. know, don't drift. They've been actually really open and really, really kind to us, which I'm kind of surprised about. Like we're a huge biking horde, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. And I think part of it is that, the difference between bike party and critical mass, I feel like critical mass, there's a little more like angst right, and sure. energy there, yep. whereas bike parties blasting positivity out. And yep. I, I do think that pedestrians and non-bikers respond better to the positivity right, and right. it shows. Right, right. I mean, would you say like the, the mission of this basically is just to spread joy while riding a bike? I mean, essentially, right? I mean, totally. I guess, yeah, if you really and... want to boil it down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I guess for me, I see it as like bike party is kind of like a playground for the biking community. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. What uh, type of demographics? I mean, the age range, uh, riding abilities for people who are semi-interested right now, but they think to themselves, well, I don't really ever ride a bike or I'm too old or too out of shape or too young or whatever it might be. It's pretty much all demographics. I'd say it kind of skews heavily towards, you know, 20 to 40 Mm -hmm. probably. Mm Mm-hmm. But we've seen all ages. Um, see, I mean, we've seen people in their 60s and 70s on like recumbent bikes. 
We've seen, you know, parents with like the rad power bike with the kids on the back, like two kids on the back, yeah, yeah, you know, which is yeah. great. Like the Bach feats bikes, everything people bring their pets. Cool. Um, so I think it's like a lot of it goes back to like the weather. If like, it's a beautiful, sunny, sunny evening, you know, 60 degrees out, more sure. people are going to come out and they're going to feel like they can ride. We always do a social pace. It's not too fast. Mm -hmm. And over time we've kind of built up the organization and the infrastructure to try to be more organized and have a medic and have a mechanic. Um, so for these longer rides, we're able to like keep things in order, Yeah. but it's definitely hard running like a volunteer organization, you know, sure like it yeah, yeah. as a, it's for all of us, it's mostly a side hustle. So, yep. um, getting people to step up is always a challenge, but we have like a core crew. That's just awesome. Just amazing people that volunteer their time. And, uh, yeah, we call them Elias coined this. We call them the little red hens. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just the people that are like making the bread, you know, that making it, making it happen. But, uh, yeah, just grateful to every one of them. That's really great. Yeah, for sure. You think you'll uh, keep the title of director of music and entertainment for the foreseeable future? Or are you you uh, looking for other uh, other uh, monikers to to, ta to tack on? You know, I feel like that's it's not necessarily up to me. I'm down for whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to like for. I think for me, I want Bike Party to be like the hottest dance club in town. Yeah. I think one of the things that makes Bike Party unique is that we can party anywhere. Mm -hmm. We're not, you know, we're not like a brick and mortar that's handcuffed to a building. And obviously that comes with disadvantages because of weather, but we can do this wherever we want. We could do it in like a, um, we could do it in a car wash. Right, right, we could sure. do it in the yeah. World War II fort. Mm -hmm, right, we could do yeah. it anywhere. Yeah. And I kind of want to lean into that and do this in really unique spots. So that's, that's sort of like what I'm thinking. And yeah. then like, yeah, if we can, you know, have a party somewhere like a battery steel and have like, you know, the, the house music in one room and then an open mic in another room and then let people create music in that space for themselves and just bring the speakers and bring the mics, uh, make it more interactive. I think that could be a really cool yeah. experience. Yeah, sounds really cool. So. Yeah. Do you have, uh, or do you all do it, um, like a sort of director of scouting for these locations and things and future planning, route planning and things like that? So yeah, basically each ride we have a route planner. Um, someone will take lead on, on that. I've created like a route library spreadsheet cause I'm like an organizational nerd <laughs> that has a list of all the routes we've done. And then like potential dance spots, danger, caution. Right. And yeah, then like yeah. the spots, like the slab or, you <laughs> right, know, yeah. the powerhouse. And then like details about like when security's there and when you know, <laughs> yeah. see Jesse, like be careful, like gates close, you know, just like trying to, to be responsible, but also like pushing it and having some fun. Um, I don't know if bike party organization is going to hate me for putting some of this stuff out there, but this is, uh, I think this is part of it is just like trying new things and exploring different areas, yeah. you know? So, and, and yeah, we, we do pride ourselves on being safe and being respectful, but also there's this great big world out there and we should explore it and play music in it and dance in it. Right. Yeah. And ride bikes in it and ride bikes in it. <laughs> yes. And like the bike, that's what I love is that like biking makes all this possible. Yep. We can get to these places. You know, you can't drive a car to a lot of these dance stops that we go to. Yeah, not to mention, I mean, the in-between would suck, you know? Yeah. And, and there's something that's not quite as fun about the idea of, like, a, a Portland walk party, you know, or something like that. So. <laughs> yeah. Like a march. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe 
a couple blocks. I've seen those. They're a lot of fun. But yeah, you're not going to go from uh, one end of town to the other end of town necessarily. And <laughs> but uh, that's pretty amazing, man. I, I'm excited to uh, even more so, and I'm hoping people who are listening in in the general Portland, Maine area. Um, we should have been saying all on. This is clearly Portland, Maine, not the other Portland. But um, yes. it, uh, hopefully, people are feeling inspired to join some of these um, bike parties uh, this this coming year and in the future. So. Um, I feel like this is probably a good uh, spot to sort of wrap things up on this, but um, to tie in with it all, if people want to find out more information, where would they go to find out about Portland Bike Party? So we have a website. It's portlandbikeparty.com. We also have an Instagram, which is Portland Bike Party, and then the Facebook group is Portland Bike Party dash Maine because of the other yep. Portland. Yep. Um, so we're active on all those channels. Um, Portland Bike Party rides the third Friday of every month. And there's also the first Friday ride, which coincides with the art walk on mm-hmm. Fridays. Yep. So there's, those are like the two staple um, monthly group rides that I, that I recommend for people wanting to get involved. Very cool. Awesome. Great. And then uh, any, before I let you go to anybody else you want to say hi out there to or any other organizations or things you want to plug? So shout out again to Portland Bike Party, the volunteers that make it happen, and then the people that show up to the rides. You're why we do it. The other organization I would like to shout out would be Portland Wheelers. I was riding recently by Higgins Beach and I saw the Portland Wheelers there and I was like, whoa, they come all the way out here. This is so cool. So Portland Wheelers is a nonprofit that has a stable of electrified trikes and they will take elderly folks and people that might not be able to pedal a bike on their own around town on bikes so they can experience the joy of riding and Mm -hmm. get out and see the world, you know? And they, they do it all over Portland. And I was surprised to see them out at Higgins Beach on a recent ride. Um, Which is not exactly close to Portland. I mean, it's close, but not for a trike, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, I think they do like bust the trikes out yeah. to some places. But it's just amazing what they're doing, just like purely to, to support those people and allow them to share in the joy of biking. Yeah. I think it's amazing what they're doing. It started by this guy named Ray. And uh, I would highly encourage people if they're looking to volunteer or get into service of some kind and they like biking to check out the Portland Wheelers. Awesome organization. So definitely put them on your radar if you're curious about that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I, the first time I'd ever seen them, I was uh, just up the road from here. They were by the Eastern Trail and I saw these trikes going and I um, I think they must have been wearing shirts or something. So I got the name and looked it up and, and uh, my wife, Katie, had mentioned it to me as well, I guess, and I'd forgotten about it. But yeah, anyway, long story short, I'm... I think it's one of the coolest things to give an experience to, to somebody who can't necessarily get on a bike by themselves and give them that experience of wind in their face and smile on their face and whatever it is. So yeah, anyway, that's a great plug on that one. So heck yeah. Yeah. Any, anybody else or anything else you want to say hi to out there before I let you go? Hi mom. All right. Of course. I hope my parents listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll be up to 102 listeners then maybe. So it'll be great. <laughs> but, well, cool. Well, I really appreciate you coming down today and, and talking about Portland bike party and your experience on bikes and everything. I mean, I'm looking forward to, like I said, getting out there and, and riding with, with the group and maybe I'll go a little incognito at first, but who knows? I'll probably show up with a bunch of uh, I ride a bike t-shirts and try to get into the mix or something. So do it, make it happen. Man. People know? love swag. Yeah, yeah they, bring it on. Right on. Cool, cool. Well, uh, again, thanks for your time today. I hope you get out there, enjoy this uh, beautiful uh, false spring day while it's while it's around, and then uh, and we'll have to catch up again real soon. Um, anybody out there? If you have any fun bike related stories or 
you know, little snippets or anecdotes or shenanigans you want to share on the podcast. I'm always looking to hear from you. Um, you can find me on the website, iRideabike.com, or track us down on social media at iRideabike. And uh, until next time, as always, ride safe and ride happy. Take me back to the times when we would grab our bikes and ride the days into the night. Though our eyes would soon be open for the This has been a production of iRide LLC. For more information, please visit iRideABike.com. Theme song by Spencer Alby. Want to hear more? Enter at Spencer Alby on socials and streaming platforms.